0: Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love good works. Join us as we talk about various topics, including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. We continue today in Walter Chantry's book, The Shadow of the Cross, picking up in Chapter 5, entitled Marriage and Self-Denial.
1: Well, welcome radio listening audience. We're back again, and we have a really, I think, a really good but hot topic today, something that really needs to be addressed, because it is a an issue, not just here uh, in our country, but throughout the whole world, and that's on marriage. And the title from the book today out of um, Shadow of the Cross is Marriage and Self-Denial, and how important that is when you combine the two together. If you want to have a I think a purposeful and a biblical relationship in marriage is self-denial plays such an important role, if not the most important role, and yet we know that's usually not the case in many relationships. So as he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, in the beginning, says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now what did Paul mean by that when he wrote that, you know? Um, reverence. I like, I like the better word respect. And if there's two areas in marriage, and if you talk, to, and I do marriage counseling, of course not with COVID, but prior, and the two areas that are the push button topics that causes so much issues within a relationship is a wife will say, I don't feel my husband loves me. Mm. And the husband will say it, that I don't seem to feel that I get respect from my wife. And there is a book out on that, Love and Respect, by a couple called The edgerich which is so very true. Uh, I don't think you will ever hear a husband say that my wife doesn't love me. I, I think because that's a natural inclination that is built into a woman's emotion, Yeah. but respect. And, you know, I can give you examples, but we'll get going into the book. But those, And I think he, he put that verse up there, um, Walter Chantry for a very good reason, because those are the two areas that causes so much... Um, problems within a relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. that that of love and that of... of, For a guy, especially, you know, men, they want to feel respected, whether from another brother in Christ or their significant other. And when that's not there, it causes a lot of um, issues, you know, with how a person feels and how a person um, looks at the other situation when they don't feel they're being respected. Definitely,
0: definitely. So we look to the Word of God, Mm -hmm. and in Chapter 5 of this book today... We're going to take a look at Genesis chapters 1 to 3, the creation account, yeah. because Chantry writes at the top of page 47, major New Testament passages on marriage make direct appeals to Genesis 1 to 3 for their notions and for their authority. A return to the creation account reminds us that God has determined the bounds of our habitation. We find that in Acts 17 verse 26 in matrimony. By his molding of human personality and his fashioning of the institution of marriage, the potter has defined limits within which men and women may find marital satisfaction and happiness. And we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. more the, the relationship and the roles of man and woman, husband and wife. I, I'll never forget in my theology class at Biola, when we got to this topic uh, basically we, we we're all created equal mm-hmm. in essence but as male and female we're we're different in the roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. that God has called us to and uh, that doesn't make anyone better than than the other but this is just a unique uh, thing that God has created mm-hmm. that that he he's the one to to orchestrate it and uh, institute Marriage, and I'll let I'll let the expert talk more on this because you've been married now almost going on thirty five years. years. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I think when when the author of the book writes that the Potter has defined limits within which men and women may find marital sex, satisfaction and happiness, I, we have to understand what our roles are within mm-hmm. the relationship. There, it's not a you do whatever you think is right and and I do whatever you think is right. From a biblical perspective, there are defined limits that we are to operate within the relationship with one another. Uh, and Paul writes, you know, and the first one is, as Paul writes in Ephesians 5, submitting to one another in the fear of God. That's the beginning. Mm. And so as he titles this chapter 5, Marriage and Self-Denial, the submission has to be to God first, because everything we do within our relationship Um, whether as husband or wife or in in my relationship with you, has to do with the thinking of the uh, submission to God first so that we can have the understanding of what it means to submit to one another in the fear of God. I believe most of our marital issues that we have within the relationship is because of that, the lack of submission to God, first of all. Because without that, you cannot love your wife as Christ loved the church. There's not going to be that submission of the, the woman, the wife to the husband, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. It's just because you're you're basically defining your roles and defining what limits you want to put within on yourself and with the other person within that marriage relationship. And when you do that, you're not going to find satisfaction or happiness because happiness is going to be based upon what you think is the right thing to do rather than what the Bible says is the right thing to do.
0: And And we're living in this age yep. of postmodernism yep. where we find all too often people holding on to or creating their own truths yep. really
1: and, and the thing about it is is when you learn the value especially in marriage of looking at your spouse and doing what you can do to make her the best at your expense then that's where you find true joy and satisfaction mm-hmm. within the marriage relationship it's not about, you know, me first, what can you do for me? But in marriage, from the biblical perspective, is what can I do to better my spouse? How can I make her life, for myself, my wife, how can I make her life easier? Because, exact, after all, isn't that what Jesus did for me? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's <laughs> the submitting to, unto God, spin one in the fear of God. So there's a, there's a cohesiveness of both submission of husband and wife, unto the lord like this morning you know my wife said wanted prayer because of some stuff going on in her job nothing bad but wanted um uh, wisdom and understanding mm-hmm. on how to deal with the situation plus she and other things going on so that's that so I was running a little bit late I wanted to get going but the issue is but she wanted prayer so let's pray mm. and it makes and for me to do that as a husband is showing forth first that leadership on my part to be the authority within the rela- marriage relationship, because she asked me earlier, you know, I really would like you to pray while she's getting ready for work. So before she left, I went and approached her in the bathroom said, you know, honey, let me pray for you before you leave. Mm. Although I was running a little bit late, it doesn't matter, because she wanted me to do that. And for me not to do that because of my own schedule would be a lack of my understanding of what's my submission to God so that I can benefit her throughout her day. Yeah. So she was very grateful. And something right. as little as that, the thing about women and wives you're going to learn as you're in this <laughs> situation with yourself moving toward marriage in the future is they don't expect a whole lot from us. They really don't. It doesn't take much to please our, our spouses, but it's consistency. Mm. It's being consistent with them. When they ask you for something that we uh, back that up by, uh, not just by words, but by action. Because yeah. we can say a lot, and that's the thing that you're going to hear a lot in marriage counseling that I hear. Oh, yeah, he says X, Y, Z, a lot of words. He tells me he loves me, but he doesn't ever show it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. to me, the, the, but when you submit to God and that submission is sincere, then you're underneath that subjection of, of God's authority, and because of you, you're in that place, you know the right things to do. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> no longer about you but it's about somebody else, mm. which that God brought into your life for forever until he takes you home. That's the thing, you know, it's a lifelong relationship. It's not, you know, um, one and done. It, you, it's till death do you part. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
0: And it's just so crazy how we keep going back to, we keep finding ourselves going back to this upside-down kingdom. It is. And how serving mm-hmm. uh, the other person, putting others' needs before our yep. own, is what
1: brings about yep. real joy. And in marriage, for me, like I've shared with you before, the greatest institution God gave to you humankind with uh, this in spite of uh, with the acceptance of salvation is the institution of marriage. Mm-hmm. you find everything in the institution of marriage of what Christ brings to us as enjoying heaven on earth you you find that in marriage when you are doing it um God's way, not yeah. your way yeah. and I think that's that's what's happening and the, the problem for me, you know as a pastor being been a ministry a long time is, the church is, is extremely responsible to set a foundation when it comes to the family, like we just listened to, because if the family isn't um, solidified, you know, they all saying as the um, family goes, so goes the nation. That's a and that's a true statement. Yeah. Why we see um, this, but for example, our country in such a state that we're in is because the families within this country are messed up. There's no harmony. There's no functionality. There's no um, leadership from mm-hmm. husbands. You know, a lot of single-family homes, and so, so they blame the environment. You know, okay, they blame the economy, they blame the way they they, they grew up, the culture. No, you blame yourself. You can't blame other people, uh, in general, for why the family structure is so unravelled, and we live yeah. in a time like we know that we've taken God and moved them out of everything, which. God is the is the, the principle that brings strength to the family and when the family strong as we heard, the nation is strong. And I can remember back when I was a kid when we were a nation at one time reverencing God had a respect for God, things were strong in our country. And we look now, what do we see? We, we're reaping what we sown yeah bottom line. So how do we how do we get back? Well, we got to solidify the family and that happens when marriages are strong, when there's a commitment of husbands to the spouse because remember, God has given us the the responsibility as husbands to lead. I mean, there's an order of authority, not that women are any less, like you talked about earlier, that right, right. in God's eyes, we're equal. Yeah. We're, there's, there, there's no, you're less than man, vice versa, but there's an order of authority. And God created Adam first, and then the woman, mm-hmm. and thus, in relationship, there has to be somebody to lead. But when we're leading properly, then we connect ourselves with our spouses so there's harmony within the relationship between husband and wife. Okay, that's the reason why um, God gave, uh, gave us this, this order, divine order of leading, because women respond to how we make them feel and how we lead. So when we're leading in such a manner that it glorifies God and we're doing things the way the Bible does, guess what, your, your marriage, you're going to have a good marriage, not a perfect marriage, you're going to have a good marriage. Yeah. And you're going to have a strong marriage because your wife is going to be supportive of life. She sees you fulfilling the God-given role he called you to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to figure that one out. Yeah. But we've messed everything up because we've gotten out of order and out of line from the principles of what the Bible says and how we to operate within mm-hmm. a relationship between husband and wife. That's yeah. that's the truth. And it's simple yep. if you think about it. So we have to get back
0: to back to the origin. Yep. Back to how God created it. Mm-hmm. And Chantry writes at the middle of page 47, failures in marriage and shattered homes are multiplying in Western mm-hmm. society oh. for three reasons, all of which re- relate to creation doctrine. Yep. And so he says the first one, the first issue is that spouses may be ignorant of the well-marked boundaries which God has set for them, or they may raise clenched fists of defiance against the Most High. <laughs> yeah. Or remaining corruption and slight progress in grace may prevent husband and wife from executing known precepts of the Lord. So it's either ignorance or defiance, yep. and and people just rebellion, just yep. straight up, you know, coming against a God's perfect design.
1: Yeah. Yep. Today we see that, of course, right now with all the liberality when it comes between the uh, the genders. Yeah. And. Culture and society doesn't know the detriment and the ultimate destruction that's going to wreak in society because of that. When you don't have any defined um, guidelines, when it comes to that, when God is so specific in the Word that He made them male and female, and you begin to go outside those boundaries, then we're looking at destruction of, and, the, and the complete um, downfall of our society. And of, uh, and of of relationships, for that matter, for marriage, because there are no defined roles anymore. Mm-hmm. We are. You, you say marriage is between a man and a woman, one man, one woman. You're uh, part of my language. You're an idiot now, in the face of society and government. Yeah, we no longer are respected, and we're we're called all kinds of names. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whether you're homophobic or whatever else, you know. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible is the Bible and we will not, you know, bow to the standards of the culture, we will bow to what the bible says. Right. And, you know, and that that's the tragedy, you know, that we see happening today because when marriage unravels, then we don't have any definition when it comes to then what is relationship. You you basically eliminated relationship, right? And what is even becoming much more disheartening is that these um ideologies are infiltrating into the church, being accepted. Yeah. Okay, so when that happens, now those that want to stand on biblical truth, um, we look at as the anomaly or the enemy. And and that's exactly what Satan wanted to accomplish. How would you know that? Well, look what he did in the garden. Who did he come after, right? Yeah. yeah. To destroy the defined roles that God gave in the very beginning of... Adam leading, and his wife is to be submissive to support him in what he was called to do. Mm-hmm. So we see from the very beginning, and look what Satan's doing today. Right. Amen. So,
0: so many may ask, uh, why, why, why are the wives to submit and be subordinate to their their husbands, to man? Well, we we see in Scripture, right? Ephesians chapter five, mm-hmm. verses twenty two. In 23 Wives, Paul writes, "...submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for Mm -hmm. the husband is head of the wife, Mm -hmm. as also Christ is head of the church, Mm -hmm. and he is the Savior of the church." And Walter Chantry makes a really good point. He says that um, man's preexistence to woman and woman's derivation from man announce God's mandate for the subordination of woman to man. Mm -hmm. So first off, God created man first. Simple as that. And then second, he created woman from man Mm -hmm. by taking, you know, a rib uh, out of Adam's side while he was asleep in the garden. Mm -hmm. And from there, he created Eve, the first woman, out of man. And yeah, man was made the social head of the woman. And furthermore, he writes towards the bottom of page 48, woman was created to fulfill the needs of man. Mm -hmm. So we see a deficiency in man, right in mm-hmm. G- in Genesis uh, chapter two, verse eighteen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the point of the matter is, you you have to have an order of authority once again. In any, it doesn't matter not just in marriage, but in, in any organization, any in corporate setting, there has to be a, somebody that is in authority to mm-hmm. lead. Yep. And in the design of marriage, God gave man that authority. Not that woman is in subjection to him, in other words, subservient to the man. The issue of, of submission, wise be in submission to your husbands as unto the Lord. But then again, the key, unto the Lord. In Colossians, yeah. Paul writes that I think is even better, wise be in sub- subjection and submission to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. In other words, nothing mm. that goes outside the bounds of what is to be biblically incorrect. He's right. she's not to submit to things that he wants her to do that's immoral or outside the ethical bounds of what the Bible says. But the I think the the misnomer and the misinformation about submission of the wife to the husband, I mean, because when you hear the word submission, you know, well, wait a minute, you know, his husband Tarzan and wife Jane, <laughs> he, he drags her around the yeah. house by the hair? No, not a slave. Not, yeah. not It has nothing to do with that. The issue of the submission, or a better word is, is subjection, is the fact that she is to support him so that he can lead properly. That's the idea of subjection or submission. All these she's doing is, is undergirding him so that he can properly fulfill what he's been called to do by God. Mm-hmm. And again, when Paul writes in that is fitting, he has a responsibility to make sure the demands that he puts on his wife is not outside that which would violate what God's Word says, the bottom line. Yeah. So he needs her. Remember, he says, I will make you a helper comparable to you. What does that mean? A helper is an assistant. Yeah. If I'm helping you in ministry or whatever you need assistance with, I'm coming alongside, hey, what can I do to give you a hand, John? Right. That's what that means. So the wife, like when you get married, Jason will come alongside you. How can I support you, John? Yeah. And that's what she's supposed to do. It's not like, hey, you make demands... Right. Like, where's right. my dinner? How come my slippers are on my feet? Where's the right. newspaper? Kinda of, where's my coffee? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's she's like, you know, in your face, dude. Yeah. She's
0: she's yielding to her husband's exactly. leadership. Exactly. And she's looking for ways to serve his best yeah. interests. Yeah. All the while, I'm sure, praying and entrusting her husband yeah. to the Lord that yeah. He's gonna lead yeah. according to God's word,
1: will, and way. Exactly. And it's it's not something that is that's difficult because the husband is the one that sets the, the, the tone. Mm. He sets the, 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 the way in which it's to happen within that relationship. Yeah. Because if he's leading uh, in the manner of his biblical responsibilities, then it's something the wife is going to want to do. Mm. It's not something that she feels she has to do. Yeah. There's a big difference. Okay? Yeah. So when the husband is leading the way the Bible says he's to lead, and there's all you got to do is look at Christ, and how he led was with meekness and humility. Again, self-denial. So when he's under that subjection as both submitting in the fear of God to one another, then her subjection or submission to him to support him is something she's going to want to do. Why? Because she sees the benefit Mm -hmm. of what you're doing within the relationship. You're bringing everything to the table in which God wants you to do. And that's how the family benefits. Of course, when you have children, all of those things play in the part on how you both are to involve yourself within the raising and the leading of your home, of your family. Mm -hmm. Can't do it by yourself. There's no way. And so he sets, he sets the temperature within the home. He's a thermometer, in a sense. A thermostat, mm. I'm sorry, in the home. Yeah, and yeah. so he's the one that's going to be sitting whether it's going to be hot, cold, messed up, over you know, overcooked. So when I look at the husband, mm. he has a great responsibility because he's the one that's Huge. going to yeah. coordinate how everything happens by the way he leads and the way he responds to the things that he wants his wife to do. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's, again, that self-denial plays the, the biggest part. Because if we're not willing to put ourselves aside, then guess what? Our leading is going to be selfish. It's going to see uh, from the place of how can we benefit rather than how can I give. Yeah. Leadership in marriage is about always about giving. I mean, yeah. Jesus said it best. You know, it's more blessed to give yeah, than, to receive. than to receive. And how Man. you receive from your spouse and the subjection she has to be to you is how are you giving to her? Mm. That's the bottom line. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. know, so like you said, it's an upside down relationship that yeah. we have. The yeah. world looks at it from a very different place you do your part, I'll do mine. Yeah. Now Christianity no. just says you do your part, don't forget about what you get back. Yeah, you know that's that's. And the really, thing. you're
0: getting what you put in too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like what I like what he says on forty nine too when he's he's talking about Eve pre fall. Mm-hmm. He says for a time, Eve was free of any sense of self importance and selfish ambition. She lived for the glory of God and for the good of her husband. Her contentment came in her supreme allegiance to her maker, creator God, mm-hmm. and in doing his will as helper for man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, we know because of sin mm-hmm. uh, coming into this world, we're not, we don't think that way. That mm-hmm. That's not our natural inclination. Uh, in fact, we're quite the opposite, right? We're, we're selfish, yeah. we're self-serving, mm-hmm. and um, we tend to Think of ourselves as most important. Yeah, our own needs, and uh, I just it just really really bums me out to hear people say, you know, I need to I need to love myself first before I can <laughs> love other people. Yeah, like how trash is that?
1: That's that's <laughs> that's really a selfish you know um, perspective to have. Yeah. Of loving yourself for basically you're saying you know i come first and then everything else comes after me yeah and i'm sorry yeah. that's not if a christian says that i you know that i you and you, you know, reprove them. that i would reprove that person you show me in the bible where it says that where right. does it say scripturally that you come first no you come last mm-hmm. you know in the economy of god's you know uh aspect when it comes to relationships but you know the, the self-denial part why it's so important as well is because when you are able to deny self or not deny self then guess what what happens in and in relationships that causes so much harm, um, damages the uh, the inability to forgive, mm. and when there's not self denial within the marriage relationship, especially, and when you have children too, because you know they can rub you all kinds of ways. You know, be like a porcupine, prick right? <laughs> you every every other time. And but when there's not self denial, the problem that happens is self denial can turn to bitterness, and bitterness that goes unchecked, unchecked results in unforgiveness. And you can't have unforgiveness within a marriage relationship. But when there is self-denial, not only is forgiveness something that you, uh, you want to do, there is no bitterness involved. But in marriage itself, when there is self-denial, what it builds is the two becoming one. Because remember, the relationship is, is, is not two individual people. I call them, there's an interdependence that happens when you get married. But as Jesus said, the man leaves his father and mother, be joined his wife, and the two become one. How does it happen? Only when there's self-denial. Because mm. then no longer is you. It's about me. It's about we. You see, what I am saying. Yeah. You you change the you change the 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 pronoun from not about me anymore now. But now it's about we. It's it's the unity that happens within the marriage relationship.
0: Man, that that's a whole nother meaning of one flesh, huh? Yep. Because you, I mean, there is so many married couples today yep. that are not one one flesh yeah. in that in that yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: and it's hard. You know, for for me, you know being married this long, and I'm, I don't have it all figured out, you know, we live with me for a week and go, man, is this a guy a Christian? You know, like, <laughs> you have your good days and bad days, right? But, you know, the, the issue is, that I, my wife and I know the value and the importance of maintaining a, a solid relation with God. That's the foundation. Has um, to be, you yeah. know, four kids and we got 11 grandkids and went on the way. And so there's a lot of variables that can really um, throw that self-denial and aspect of thinking about the other rather than yourself can happen because there's so many other entities now entering in, you know, my boys, my daughter-in-laws, my son-in-law, my grandkids on top of my wife. But the bottom line is I have to always consider that the most important person in my life outside of Christ is my wife, my family. And so not ministry. Ministry is like um, it's like the, the cake, you know, it's mm. a cake, right? But nobody likes cake without the icing. Yeah. For me, the icing is my family. So when the family structure is is things are going well, not perfect, but going well, and we're doing what God wants to do, the ministry tastes good with mm. the icing on it, cake. Sometimes people have that backwards. You know, you, you look at the ministry as icing on the cake. No, it's not. I'm, I'm sorry. The cake is the ministry. The icing is the family. So when the family structure is good, your marriage is good, then ministry is going to taste good. It's going to go well. Yeah. And you can't have that reverse. And when you do, then you're going to have problems where? With the family. Mm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a great analogy. It's so true. Yeah. So as we look to God's uh, original design, His institution, pre-fall, now we, we move from there into now what, what happened after the fall, mm-hmm. the effects of, of sin having tainted not only the vertical relationship between us and God, but the horizontal. Yep. And he writes on page 50, what had been the pleasure of her selfless existence before, right, submission mm-hmm. to Adam's headship, has now an element of curse, for both she and her head are now selfish. Competing claims of self-interest will bring sorrow, yet God's assigned order is unchanged. Mm-hmm. That, that still remains yeah. intact. Yep. Women continue to cringe before the divine mandate of submission to husbands, desires to lead rather than follow, recur. Mm-hmm. Temptations arise to take the dominant initiative t- in the family, to act as the head. But each instance of a wife failing to defer to the known wishes of her husband Unless those wishes, like you said, oppose the moral Mm -hmm. law of God, subverts the divinely appointed order, and multiplies misery in the earth. And we see that so much today, Mm -hmm. with especially this feminism movement. Yeah. Right? Like,
1: women's lib. Yeah. You know, uh, Adrian Rogers had this great saying. It's funny, but it's true. Going all the way back to the garden, you know, of Adam and Eve being created, mm-hmm. and he said, um, um, "Adam's rib, um, Satan's fib, resulted in women's lib." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and I, <laughs> and I thought, yeah hey, hey, that's good." But <laughs> that's that is... is so true. You know, Adam's yeah. rib, Satan's fib, women's lib came out of that because what did what does Satan do? He's he's subverted. Adam's authority and said, "You don't. We don't have to talk to your husband about this. Yeah. You and I can talk about yeah. it. And what's your opinion? Let me hear what you have to say about what God said. Mm-hmm. You think that that's true?" Mm-hmm. And so she, she, absurd, she Satan, usurped God's authority yep. of Adam when he should have been there interceding, mm-hmm. and yet the woman took the lead role, and now right. we see what happened.
0: Yeah. It was an under undermining exactly. really of his dominion. And don't yeah. you know,
1: really listening on, I'm not saying women are, you know, are, you know, in any way inferior to men. Right. Right. But from the biblical perspective, God never created woman to be head over man. And when you have two people, a husband and wife within the home that they're bucking horns to lead, whether through self will or stubbornness or strong willedness, it's like going to a circus and like seeing a two headed you know, snake, that that's that's a freak of nature, mm. right? The, the, God didn't create the relationship to have two people leading. It's one leads, the other supports that person who's leading. Yeah. And so when a, a wife is trying to um, initiate leadership within the relationship and compete with the husband, you're going to have friction, and it's going to be a miserable situation because it's, it's an unnatural relationship within a marriage, in marriage, two people to try to lead. Yeah. It was never God's design from the beginning. It doesn't matter what the liberals say today and a counterculture says today, it's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that. You know, that's the way it is. I'm sorry, it's not my opinion. It's what the God's word says. And that's mm-hmm. what we have to follow. You want harmony within your marriage, and your husband wants to be and do all the right things, and let him lead. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Let him lead.
0: And if. <laughs> And if I was a woman, which I'm not, <laughs> but if I w- if I were, I, I wouldn't be envious no. of man's no. role, no. because it's it's so huge. It is, you know. It, uh, again, in e- Ephesians five, what is the husband to do? To yeah. love his wife as Christ yeah. loved the church. That's yeah. big. That's a tall order. It is. It's big.
1: It, you know, God would never call us to something that we couldn't do. But, sure, sure. You know, but He didn't say there wasn't potholes and obstacles and detours along the way. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah. challenging. Because as husbands, it's not that we don't love. It's, it's a matter of learning how to love the way Christ loved. Women love naturally. That's an incarnation that God gave them that emotion. Because how do I know that? Because there's not a scripture in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation where the woman is, is ordered, commanded to love their spouse, their <laughs> husband. It's like, that's messed up, God. You know? <laughs> but the reason being is because women love naturally. That's just an emotion God ingrained within them. You know, like, for example, you have ch- I have kids. Who do kids run to when they get hurt? They don't run to you, yeah. the husband. They run to mom and because they're more gracious, they're more gentle, they're more emotionally connected, they're loving. It's not that we aren't. Our thing is like, hey, man, are you bleeding? Are you all right? You're, yeah, tough it hey, up. <laughs> you know, come on, suck it up, son. <laughs> right? And, but that's just the, the, the way that God created man, you know, the, how we see things, how we how we respond to different things um, in that manner. Why is on the, on the other hand, they're... they're they're very emotional creatures, and that's why our rela- our responsibility in the marriage is much more challenging because we are commanded to deter- to d- understand their emotions. I mean, like 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, right? Mm-hmm. Husbands, do all their wives with understanding, giving unto them as to the weaker vessel, knowing that you both are heirs to the grace of life. And he says, if you don't do that, your prayers are going to be hindered. That's a tall order. Yeah. So God is saying, husbands, get to know your wife emotionally. What makes them tick? What makes them happy? What do you need to do to make them happy? Women go through change of life. They have they have periods. They go through. Tom, P, you know they they have P.M. What it? P.M. I call PMS. It P, I call P.M.D. Premenstrual possession. You know <laughs> PMP. <laughs> P.M.P. But those are things, and God says, "Hey guys, you got to deal with it, man." And so it's not that we can't do it. It's a matter of again the submission to one another and the fear of God. You know that's where communication comes in. You know when oh, those yeah. things happen your wife communicating with you about these changes that are happening within herself, whether emotionally, hormonally, that helps us to understand how we can deal with that. You know, that's why communication in marriage is so very valuable. And I you know, like I said, my wife, I'm, I'm happy. She's a communicator. She's And she tells me these things. Also, got to remember too, that not everything that our, our wives will go through, we can understand. Why? Because some of them are or female-to-female issues. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important for wives to have other female uh, accountability people within their circle Absolutely. so that they, they can talk to them of some of the things that they know that my husband doesn't understand this. Mm-hmm. Like with guys, you Same get to a thing certain with age. Guys. Yep. I have I have men in my life, my, I, you know, my good friend. Yep. I talk to them about stuff because I will never address those things to my wife because she would never understand what I'm going through and what I'm feeling. And that's just how how the relation works. So when you want a good marriage, you, you, and you, you put all those variables in and getting to understand each other because my wife knows there's certain things that she deals with and goes through. She won't talk to me about, and I don't, and then I, and I thank her for that because I wouldn't know how to answer her. She mm. looked at me like, what are you, brain dead? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's good though. I mean, but Mary, I'm mean, like, I said, even in all of that, the challenges like you read, you know, Ephesians 5, 25, there, There is—unless you're called to be single, I would tell guys, man, pray the Lord bring somebody in your life, because there's no greater fulfillment you get within uh, your relationship with God that you find it through marriage. Mm-hmm. It's, It's just, you know, children, spending time with your spouse, and growing old together, going through all the ups and downs, and seeing how God works through all those circumstances— and you see that happen, and you see God's grace work and His mate, and His mercy there, and His His patience is like when you both are willing and able to submit to one another and fear God. You see those things really come to fruition. Right, right. And
0: we spend a lot of time today emphasizing uh, the women, right, and yeah. the, the the wife's role. Mm-hmm. But you know, God is equal opportunity, yeah. And He He gives <laughs> it to the guys as well, and sure. He He shows. Adam in Genesis 2:18 mm-hmm. his own deficiency as a man. Yep. Genesis 2:18 says the, the Lord recognized and said it is not good for the man yep. to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so he provided him with a helper. Mm-hmm. Eve, his wife was the provision of what was lacking in him. He had a deep need for her mm-hmm. and and God in his grace provided uh, a spouse, yep. a suitable helper for for man, and and this just goes to show that okay, although uh, there's a, a big leadership role that us men are called to, that doesn't that doesn't mean that that we aren't <laughs> deficient. No, we, only, we that we yeah. don't need help. We we absolutely need that that help and yep. that assistance. Yep, and God provides. Yeah,
1: yeah. When do you when you think about marriage. Um, Unless again, unless you've been called to singleness, and some have, I don't know anybody, but your wife, when you get married, she's she's the completion of you, who you, what you are deficient in. She she completes your life. It's like a puzzle, you know. You put together a thousand piece puzzle. Yeah. I use this example. Yeah, yeah. And you know how frustrating it is, and you both do the borders first, and you know, right. so, and then you try to right. fill up. But how do you feel, and what do you, how do you feel when you get that one piece in accomplishment? Yes, I did it. In marriage, that's how it is. You know, when God brings that, that, that special, significant other into your life and you know that she's the one, there's this fulfillment of completion, you know, mm. that you have this sense, you know, that, wow, you know, God, you bless me. And sometimes you think, you, you, you say to yourself, man, I'm not, I'm not worthy of this person you brought into my life. And that's that, again, that humility and that, that sense of gratitude and appreciation when that happens. You know, like I said, you know, God bless me with Michelle. And there's there are times I tell myself a man. You know, you gave me more than I asked for, God. Mm. And and she is. She's a trooper. And you know, I believe in my heart that my wife's gonna have a ton of gifts and rewards in heaven because I know what she's gone through and what she's was able to um, do for me to do what I do in ministry. The 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 blows that she took from the enemy because mm. you know he comes after her. And yeah. you know, in Kentucky, you're working full time, being gone from my home in establishing the ministry, providing for my our needs financially, working, you know, ministry and work 60 to 70 hours a week. Um, and I know, you know, the times that she missed me being there, but she did that so that we can establish the church, you know. And I couldn't do it without a person like that. God knew exactly what I needed. He knew that before I met her, what he was going to call me to do and the type of person that was going to be, uh, needed for me to meet for me to accomplish that and so that's why i'm saying you know in marriage you, know, you just can never take anything for granted you know you, you shouldn't take anything for granted i do sometimes but as i got older in, in marriage i realize you know what a gift that god's given me you know she's a diamond and mm-hmm. you know better than i deserve you know yeah. and i appreciate her so very much and so you know with all that being said you know you can never take stuff you know for granted, and that person that God brings into your life is is somebody that you should cherish forever and look at, as it. like, wow, man, God, I don't deserve this, but I'm glad you you gave me her, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, And when you have that sense, then you're never going to um, look at it from anything less than God's, you know, blessing and imparting to you his best for you, because he doesn't make mistakes. When God brings two people together, he doesn't make the mistake, we do. Yep. When we're not patient with Absolutely. God, when we rush into something, when we're, when we're, you know, wanting to be in a relationship and we don't wait upon God, the 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 worst the hardest thing to do is to wait. You know that. <laughs> waiting, right? Yeah. But when you do and you see in the end when it all comes together, then you tell yourself, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me the patience to wait. Yeah. You know, it's neat. It's,
0: it's recognizing the, the glorious work he does in the waiting. Yep. Uh, you know, just looking back at these past several months uh, how he's used my, you know, my girlfriend to just really show me how, mm. how prideful of a man I am, how, how selfish, you mm. know, I've been. And, um, you know, that that's just the tendency as, as a single person, mm. right. To, sure. to be independent, doing whatever you want, whatever you want and just learning to, to put others before myself, yeah. um, becoming, A man of prayer. We 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 talk all the time about how important prayer is. Oh, definitely. And and committing things to God uh, first and foremost, and just laying laying every care at at the foot of the cross.
1: If there's one thing that'll settle your relationship and bring harmony, Mm -hmm. is when you both are praying consistently together um, as a husband and wife. Um, There's nothing that sets that type of temple within the relationship and also um, a unity and a harmony when you are praying together. Uh, my wife and I, we don't pray as much as we sh- should, but we talk about we need to be praying more. And that's something that she wants me to take the lead to do more often because of, you know, family, because of, I mean, because of Ellie, that's definitely raise our prayer time, but yeah. it's still not where it needs to be. And not just that, but, you know, we have family that we want to see get saved. We have things that we're praying about our future. And so we were just talking about that the other night. It's like, you know what, we need to just um, put things aside and come together and spend 15, 20 minutes and just pray together. And, you know, it's what's needed. So this is what I find. After we do pray, there's just this sense that there's such a joy. I mean, it's like I can't even explain it, the feeling we have, you know, hmm. this this unity and the connection Mm. Uh, of when we do pray, like this morning praying, that she goes, Can you pray for me? But seeing on her face the, the, the appreciation and joy, and that's what prayer does it brings that to that relationship, you know, yeah. when you do that on a consistent basis, right.
0: and the peace of God just falls oh, upon yeah. you, right? Yeah, all yeah. Like oh, big time.
1: Yeah, it's
0: amazing. Well, yeah, we'll continue next week uh, the second half of this chapter. Yeah. There, there's a lot that we could talk about oh, yeah. in regards to marriage and self denial. Um, but yeah. yeah, looking forward to what else the Lord has, yeah. and how he's gonna uh use this, and
1: yeah, and like i said my my heart is you know that when people listen to this, they have an open heart um have an open mind and and and, and take it from a biblical place, not you know we're not out here, John and I giving our opinions because we don't have one, yeah, well, we're trying to share with the radio listening audience on how God uses these chapters that we're talking about to benefit not just you that listen, but our lives as well, Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we have to let this minister to us in order for it to be fruitful in the lives of others, so, so yeah, thank you for listening, and we hope that this will bless you, you know, you guys will gain, whoever listens, gains from it, you have questions, man, call the church, and let us hear from you, and we would love to uh, hear from how you're benefiting, you have questions, you don't agree, uh, you know, uh, we're open to that, you know, and uh, we would love to hear from the, our radio listening audience and how we can be better at what God's called us to do in this podcast. So, Amen. Yeah. You pray for us? Sure. Father, we thank you uh, this day, Lord. And we're we're so blessed, um, you know, looking at what we do and, and taking common people uh, like John and myself to, to do this podcast. And it's, it's such an honor, and we are grateful for those who do listen, and we pray that they are learning, they're benefiting. Um have questions that we want to hear. But most importantly, Lord, we do this because our desire is to glorify you, to lift up the name of Jesus and to let people know the importance of salvation and coming to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because apart from that, then there is no, there's no life. There's no purpose in life. He gives it. So Lord, thank you for today. We ask that you continue to guide and direct us each week when we do these podcasts uh, prepare our hearts Lord for next Friday ahead of time and looking into the future what you would have us to discuss as the next topic of conversation and we, we just are so privileged we're so grateful Lord that uh, for the studio that uh, that was built and we can use this but most importantly Father we just we love you so much and we take uh, this as an honor to be able to do this so may you bless the word may you go out and, and touch the hearts of those that uh, tune in and we, we just want to say thank you, Lord, that you will use people like us for this, for this podcast. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.